Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 81, as the New York Rangers just finished up two preseason games, and we finally got to see you know, some of the bigger names on the ice wearing a Rangers sweater, so that was all exciting, and there's plenty to talk about for this podcast, so uh, first I got to start off by asking Andy, how are you doing? I said it last week, and I'll say it again, I'm loving this cooler weather it's sweater season uh hockey is seemingly back in full swing and yeah i'm just loving every bit of uh, it because i was getting tired of the sweat so yeah i'm doing good and it's obviously fun to pick up the phone every day and see the beat writers get the quotes from practice uh, from the players and especially as we're trying to piece together our impression of what type of coach gerard gallant's going to be and how what type of strides the players are going to take this uh this season it's yeah it's been cool to hear all the quotes and the clips and the action out of training camp and obviously having some preseason games to help uh, form impressions of what we might see uh, during the regular season has been fun so yeah i'm just just uh, fun all around right now yeah and it seems that you know over the first two games the rangers kind of had a healthy balance of some of the youth and prospects you know and then with the everyday guys in in the lineup and over the first two games, it was kind of a, a tale of two different stories. I don't know if that was really personnel related or just, you know, kind of getting, you know, legs under their feet. And uh, I don't actually it's feet under their legs. Actually, I don't even know what that phrase actually is, Andy. So you might need to help me there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's getting their feet under them. Feet under. Is there legs in there? I don't know. It so. just says it just to get your feet under you is just a turn of phrase right. about getting, you know, but I, I like, listen, I like legs under your feet. Yeah. Legs under your feet. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, you know, the way, you know, the past few seasons have gone, that pretty much is relevant and we'll just go from there. Uh, okay. So I don't know where you want to start with, um, you know, one of the, I guess we should start with game one. Obviously that would make sense. And then I can, I kind of have something to talk about in between games one and two. So uh, let's start with game one. Uh, how much did you watch and, you know, what were your takeaways from that game? I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a good portion of it. I kind of tuned in and out here and there once I saw how it was going. Uh, I was, yeah, and I mean, I was just how obviously happy to have, 
it was exciting at first to have Rangers hockey back on TV, but the second you saw that the the squad they the Rangers ice didn't really have much going, it was uh yeah, I was quickly like, okay, like I'm not gonna finish watching this, which is funny because it's just right back to old habits during the regular season. Like, nope, don't like this result, turn this game off. But um yeah, I mean, it looked like they were all very disjointed. And like you said, it's, it's, listen, it's preseason. So it's not, it's not super indicative if a team, you know, like, uh, I saw Carolina waxed, uh, Tampa, you know, the other day. It doesn't mean that, you know, now Tampa stinks and Carolina is like the best team in the league. So, you know, it's that type of thing. So, um, but yeah, no, they look disjointed. It looked hard to get things going. Uh, I think you have, especially you have a new coach and yes, hockey systems are all pretty similar, but the minor details that they harp on or they're trying to implement are, might be different. So yeah, just, there was very little connection and rookies were getting pucks and didn't, were clearly didn't know where to put pucks or find their teammates. Uh, and on, at least on the Ranger side, and then you have Barry Trotz and he's been with the Islanders for the last few seasons and his guys are <laughs> Uh, they just play that system to a T no matter, and they can just slot pieces in and out. That's kind of the beauty of it. And yeah, hence Sezikis and Clutterbuck absolutely, absolutely feasted on, you know, just the, the lack of talent on that squad as they were trying to give, get looks at guys. But, and again, you have vets who are like, you know, they're not going to kill themselves out there. It's the preseason. They're just trying to get their timing back and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's really not much to take away from it, uh, good or bad. Because it was just such a nut, and you know, it was a real nothing burger for them. If anything, it was cardio, and that's probably the best thing you could say about it. Don't score any goals. Um, I did think Kraftsoff looked really good. Uh, I liked he, he seems to have some good chemistry with Heedle, which is nice. Uh, I don't really have too much of an opinion about Barkley Goodrow because he took a boarding penalty like five minutes into the game and was done for the rest of the game. Uh, I thought it was a little, it was definitely a boarding penalty, but I, the, the game misconduct I thought was over the top, especially considering you did see him, the guy turn a bit and you listen, you got to try to not do that. But I think at the very worst, it was a boarding penalty. So, you know, so I don't have any opinions of him, but I think most people thought the only standout from that game was a Dryden hunt who looked aggressive and looked like a guy who might be a dark horse candidate to make the fourth line. You know what I mean? So especially considering I thought Morgan Barron kind of looked like he did last season where he physically is up to par, but looked nervous and a little tentative. And apparently Quinn made a comment like he struggled kind of with confidence and last year. And uh, yeah, it was weird. It just, but Dryden Hunt looked like he had something to prove and he was the best player. He was probably the only Rangers, only good player for that game. So that was really just my general takeaway from it. Yeah. And you have to realize too, the Rangers are playing a team that's kind of been together for a while. <laughs> Uh, you know, they're, they're in a win now situation going into this year. Um, Rangers have a lot of new faces. It's, it's tough. You know, the Rangers haven't played hockey in a long time. Uh, they haven't played, uh, you know, a preseason game in a couple of years. So, you know, I don't know how, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, kind of react to a, a preseason game. So it, it's, it's different. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in the system right now. And, you know, you kind of look at that game and, you know, it sucks that we didn't even score a goal, but, you know, it's kind of past us. It's a preseason game. You just want to get everyone up to speed on how this is going to work. And then, you know, you kind of have another opportunity to bounce back and you want to, you know, 
you know, this is a, this is a warm up, you know, and then you want to get into the regular season. You have a few days off and you kind of want to go into it at a nice brisk, you know, pace. If, you know, if this was a run, you, you warm up and then, you know, you don't, you don't want to hit the, hit the gate with an all out sprint, but you, you know, you want to feel good about yourself and kind of feel comfortable and, and have a routine. So I don't take too much stock into the result of the game. I wish there was a little bit more of energy, uh, you know, that the hit I wanted, I texted you, Andy, the Goudreau hit, and I know it was like kind of late, but you know, I don't get the whole, if there's blood, the penalty deserves to be more. I just don't get it. Like, I mean, you could get hit and it could be perfectly clean. And just the way, you know, you, you hit the, I don't know, you hit the glass or your helmet, the visor cuts you. It could be perfectly clean and you could start the bleed. But now all of a sudden it's like, well, there's blood. So it's five in a major, like, how does it go from one end to the, you know, to the other extreme just because there's droplets of blood? Like I, I know blood, the optics don't, don't look good. And, you know, it was a hit hit from behind, but I just don't get like, why is blood the, the precedent now for getting suspended? I mean, I, I have no idea. And again, it's, it's obviously it's one of those things where when, if, if you hit a guy in the numbers, they're just, it's hard to call nuance and no, some someone gets mad no matter what. So it just seems like they're just saying, well, we'll just call it or whatever. And especially if there's blood where it's like, well, that's a, an injury. So then it's automatic. Uh, you know, it, it just, whether it's a war, do you think that they, calls they, made in the regular season? Um, it depends on the game. I think that's a, you know, it's funny. I think that's a call that gets made, uh, maybe early in the season, but later, down the stretch when teams are really trying to make their final pushes, maybe not, but, and yeah, I mean, and listen, I, the officials have a tough job at, at hockey happens fast and you might just see a guy get hit in the, num- hit in the numbers and you just don't, didn't see the result, you know, everything leading up to it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's one of those things where, it, there's so many can of worms if you're like, well, then you should be able to you know, review or, or challenge things like that. Or, but obviously then the game would take forever and they don't want that. And it's tough, but I do think your point about blood automatically, like I understand if you're cut, it becomes a major that it, that is what it is. Like I get that. But at the same time using that to say, well, now it's a, it was going to be a regular boarding call, but now it's a game misconduct. It's like, uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily the right way to go, but you know, again, I, I am someone who there are some things which should be, there are some uh, rulings which are, should be blatantly obvious to everyone. But I do feel like, you know, bang, bang type uh, injuries and, you know, penalties during the course of play. Sometimes it's just, they're not going to have it right all the time. So I'm happy it was in the regular season. Just obviously just sucks that, you know, that was a chance for Goudreau to see who, Develop some chemistry with uh, Kravtsov and Heedle, and now he's going to have to wait until the next preseason game. But whatever, I'm I'm happy. All parties were okay. I do think he he turned late, and that was that it was partially. Um, I forget I forget who it was, but on the Islanders, but uh, you know, it was he was partially at fault. But you know, players do have to be aware too. So Goudreau is partially at fault, and it was just it is what it is. Yeah, here I am, game one of a preseason. I'm already complaining about the refs. So. <laughs> 
anyway, we and then we can kind of move on, I guess. Uh, well, there's a, a thing what I you know I wanted to talk about between because that was pretty much it. I mean, really nothing happened in terms of no. you know Rangers world out of that game one, other than you know we got our butts handed to us by the New York Islanders. Uh, uh, Georgie also looks soft. That's pretty much. I, I thought yeah, he, he he didn't. You know, again, he's also using it to get. But I thought his positioning was uh, he was a little out to lunch at a, a few of those. You know, coming out way too deep sometimes where you just trust it. Sometimes you just got to trust it a little bit more. Right. And you I, don't, it, there's a time and place to be aggressive, but uh, especially if you, if there's a lot of traffic in front of you, you can't see like you need to give yourself. Yeah. You need to protect your, your crease a little bit. And you know, that's not a time to try to appear big because it just opens up the sides. If you can't, especially if you can't see the play, the field of play in front of you. So um, yeah, I agree. I think he honestly was playing like it was a practice. Like I, that's the positioning I would expect a goalie to be in, uh, you know, in a practice, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, the game reps can, can certainly, um, you know, fix that problem. So, uh, the second game, Andy, against the Boston Bruins, I thought the Rangers played, you know, very well. I, I was actually kind of impressed that they bounced back. Um, um, but before we get into that, and I knew I was forgetting something, I guess there were comments made by Gallant basically saying that he was thinking about playing the guys that he felt like didn't show much effort in the first game. Now, I'm kind of here I am thinking, you know, here's a coach that has been around the block. He's an NHL caliber coach. You would think he would not take so much stock in a preseason game. But what what did you think about those comments? And, And do you think it was him sending a message with, you know, zero bite to it, kind of calling out some of the guys on the, you know, the Rangers team, the regulars on that team, like the, the you know, the Kreida, Kreida, Zibanejad, Kreider, and um, Laugh Line? I mean, that's what people in Western Massachusetts call Kreider, Kreida. <laughs> Kreida. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on our last podcast how there seems to be between scrimmaging on day one, there seem they want to hit the ground running, apparently, and... Yeah, I do think that was kind of a bit, I think there was a bit of a message there that it's like it was, but at the same time, because I go back and forth because, you know, Reeves had said he's not the type of guy to take it too seriously. And in the post, his post game comments, he he kind of even shrugged it off. He's like, you know, it's a preseason game and you take too much stop, but clearly we weren't good enough. But uh, if anything, sometimes it's like, yeah, he's just very unemotional about things. And not in a, but also not in like a punitive way, but all just kind of more in a like, hey, listen, you know, uh, guys will obviously have to do. It's not. I'm not gonna turn this into like a what have you done for me lately thing, because it it would be one thing if it was very much, you know, because even Quinn would say like maybe get kind of somber about it and be like, well, you know, listen, we definitely have to be better, and you know, any coach honestly, but I think that's what kind of sets Gerard Gallant apart is that he still got a smile on his face even though they just, you know. They didn't score a goal. He's like, yeah, we certainly weren't good enough, but you know, whatever. It's the preseason, and yeah, you know, it's it doesn't really it doesn't really seem to rattle him. He's like, we're just going to conduct our business, and that's it. And I think when players disseminate that or just being like, ah, I, I think when he says something like, yeah, we maybe we'll play our guys who didn't have a best showing, give them a chance to whatever. I think that just kind of lets the player. It's if anything that maybe that instead of just to send a message like you weren't good enough, it's anything. It's like. I know you can be good, but you weren't. It's telling them you weren't good, but I know you can be good. So here's your chance to be good. So you know you, you can even take it like that. But 
I'm not really sure, but I, I do know it is kind of refreshing to have a coach who's not like so white knuckle over, you know, even the small things, which Quinn definitely was a guy like that. And, you know, most coaches around the league are about that. It's, you know, you don't want to take too much stock into a preseason game, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, you do want to use these games to get tuned up for the regular season. So, um, and, and in game two, it seems like they took that to heart. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. And if Sportsbook is not yet available in your states, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, you know, there's two ways I kind of looked at it. Number one, I thought he maybe was sending a little bit of a message to the, you know, the the guys saying like, you know, it's a little bit disrespectful. You know, there's kids trying to make this team. And I know you guys already see your names on on the roster and, and all the promo videos for the upcoming season. But you got to show better effort than that. Like once you yeah, put people, on in New York. People paid money. It's, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't, it wasn't Lundquist retirement night ticket money, but it was you know they paid to be there so yeah and it's just like once you throw on that sweater like that you represent new york rangers hockey and and you got to bring it and it's not you know these games might not mean anything but you know they still mean a whole lot when you're in terms of representing the organization uh and then also too i kind of felt like you know maybe it was a motivating factor for the players heading into the second game which we can get into because they obviously came out with a completely different approach. Obviously they're playing a different team in the Boston Bruins, but, uh, and the players were also different. And when you have Panarin on the ice, it's just magical things tend to happen. And, you know, I I really want to get your thoughts on the second game because I feel like there's a lot more to, um, you know, the upcoming season there's more to foreshadow from this game, from the upcoming season. I thought from game one. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously everyone was hyped to see Kako, who clearly added some size and said he'd just been skating a lot and really in less working on them, the finer mechanics of the game and just getting stronger and bigger and confidence and boy, he was flying. He looked great. Uh, you know, he, it's clear they're going to, he's going to stick with Panarin and Strom and you just wanted to see, whereas even though he was with them for a few stints last season there were there was a lot made about comments from Panarin being like well you know there apparently he maybe said at one point he preferred playing with Blackwell uh and obviously they had seemed to have a little bit more success with Colin Blackwell but um yeah I think it's just he that line looked great and listen and again it's the preseason and the Bruins basically had an AHL lineup so you can't take too much into it but 
just in from terms of confidence, he was those two dominated the, the puck out there. And I thought Kako was doing a much better job uh playing his own game mixed with playing with Panarin, which is kind of the, the, the secret, right? Where he kind of wasn't that even though he looked better last year, he still didn't have too much confidence on the puck and making plays. And, you know, he was shooting the puck and he was reacting off Panarin more and less of that. Like he's him and Strom are doing this. So I'm going to try to go here. He's just like, no, it's like, I'm going to just play the game. I always played it and track the puck as I would usually and not try to change too much, but then just kind of react more organically. And I saw that even just time using his body to get away you know, in front of a guy, set little like little picks and let Panarin get to the puck first or like help just guarantee it ended up on his blade, uh, you know, and hence he had a goal and an assist <laughs> for that. And he said, I want to go to the net more. And he it, Galan had him killing penalties. And apparently they're going to do that with him this season. They're going to try to get him to kill penalties. I mean, he's already become he, he was such a good defender last year, or at least, you know, defensive player last year, such a much improved and then illusions were kind of made, you know, Galan, I think had mentioned because he did when he was on Columbus's coaching staff, when Rick Nash was there and they, he's the one who got him started killing penalties and he ended up being pretty good at it. So, you know, Kako is a good defensive, uh, you know, five on five player. So it stands to reason he, maybe he could be a good penalty killer. So, and just the more ice time Kako can get, the better it is for his development and his confidence. And yeah, especially if he's good at it. So it was, it was cool to see. It was interesting. So, uh, apparently that's the plan. Um, Panarin looked like he was just having fun out there. He was playing pond hockey, but that's how mm-hmm. good this guy is. He's just that pass to Boteto on his backhand was absolutely ridiculous, you know. And he's just smiling the whole time. He had a scored a, he scored a goal on a breakaway. Uh, he had another breakaway, and the goaltender, you know, whoever was on the young goalie on the Bruins, gloved it. And he was smiling and shaking his head. He's like, ah, it's so close. I almost had him. But, you know, he was just having fun. So that's him. And, yeah, other than that, uh, I thought Zach Jones looked awesome. And, and Braden Schneider, uh, those two paired together were great. I thought Schneider looked steady and was obviously laying the body, but in a way that was separating men from puck and simple and let Jones, who is clearly... You know, he was good down the stretch last year, but he's even looked even better and more poised. He looks like a mini fox out there, which is awesome and i mean if you ask me today like i'm excited for nils but at the same time jones it wouldn't surprise me if jones maybe makes the team in front in nils place out of camp you know because i think maybe right now jones at least in terms of i'm not saying he'll ultimately be the better defender but as it stands right today he might be maybe nils will need a little time in the ahl just to adjust you know and it wouldn't be the worst thing for both parties but you know, Jones just looked confident with the puck and his footwork is clearly much better. He's always had great footwork, but his speed is much better and he's just much more decisive. And And Schneider was good. Uh, you know, Truba and Miller both had their moments again, but I don't know how ball, balls out those two were going. I mean, I did, certainly didn't think Lindegren looked good the other night and Fox kind of looked, you know, you know, a little underwhelming for him, but it's the preseason again. So it's kind of hard to book stock. Some guys are treating it just more to get timing and their uh, legs under their feet and other guys are maybe using it more to yeah just to try to get back into game game pace so but uh yeah clearly a much better game again it was against ahl competition but uh yeah i thought igor looked good he looked solid didn't really have to do too much but he made some pretty good 10 bell saves there and uh again he said he worked on his flexibility this summer so 
if if anything, that'll just help prevent against future injuries, uh, especially like scramble situations in the front, you know. So, uh, yeah, much better game. Excited for Kako. I saw online, you know, there was a joke uh, over the summer. Everyone was kind of speculating about him putting on weight. So there's like all this talk about like, you know, beefy he is now in photoshops of him in like <laughs> on bodybuilders or like, you know, like beefy Kako. Just like all this meme stuff, memeable stuff. But that's just, you know the weirder side of hockey fandom, I guess, or Rangers fandom. So, but yeah, he looks fast and he looks confident and he look, definitely looks like a guy who is ready and wants to break out. It's going to do everything his power to. So exciting on that front. Yeah. I thought Kako, I, I, he does look bigger. I mean, if you look him at, if you look at him on, on the ice, he does look like he got a lot thicker. He just looks a little bit more confident out there. Uh, just faster. stronger. I mean, he was much faster. Yeah, looked a lot faster. Just you know, everything about him that you wanted to see, you saw at Akako last night, and that was, you know, a breath of fresh air because you really want him to make that leap this year, heading into his third season. Uh, it's just you know one of those things where, you know, not every eighteen-year-old is gonna you know be ready to play in the NHL and dominate right away, and. You know, someone made this point to me a long time ago, and I forget who it was, but, you know, you know, the NHL was so spoiled when they got the Austin Matthews, the McDavid's and the Eichel's where these kids came into the league and they just dominate right away, where not every draft class is going to be built like that. There's not always these kids that come in and are just game ready right off the bat. Game one, I can dominate this league. You know, some kids, you know, their journeys are a little bit different. It takes them a season or two. And and given, you know, what the pandemic has brought to this league and just the, you know, the unknown uh, in terms of, you know, who you're playing and, and how you're going to be playing and, you know, what the rules will be off the ice. And it's just a lot for young kids, especially in the New York City area. Uh, if you're not from, let alone if you're not from New York City, you know, and let alone this country, you know, so it's tough. And, you know, the way that Kako has developed over the last few seasons and just this game one, honestly, is just so pleasant to see. And, you know, I cannot wait to see what he's able to do with Panarin. And, you know, hopefully that line clicks and it's something that we can depend upon and, and part of a one-two punch for the New York Rangers, you know, forward forward lineup. Uh, Sammy Blay, the Blazer, I thought he played a good game. Uh, exactly what you'd expect from a guy who... Um, was brought in to add that sense of grit and um, toughness, uh, so to speak, to the lineup. Uh, he was hitting everything in sight. And, you know, I thought, you know, I thought he played exactly the way, you know, people kind of projected him to play. And um, that's a good thing. You know, Rangers are going to need that type of style, that type of player to kind of fill out the bottom six and and just be a disruptor. And, I know it's not a, uh, you know, it's not sexy on the stat sheet, but again, it's a role. And if you play within that role and cause chaos and just be annoying, especially on the other team's defense, you know, every time they have to go retrieve the puck, if they know that, you know, you know, Sammy Blaze is going to be coming down and hammering them every time, you know, it gets annoying. People, teams don't want to deal with it. Players don't want to deal with it. And, you know, you just wear those teams down and it's extremely important to have those players in the lineup and, the Rangers for a long time have not had enough of those players. And, you know, you kind of finally feel that, you know, this lineup is built a little bit differently where we can be the pest instead of always being like, man, we can't, you know, we're getting hammered here, you know, and we have no response. 
you know, now we can do the hammer in handy. Um, and you know, and that leads, you know, Schneider was also, you know, a hitting maniac, you know, just for a kid, just being tough. And and I thought, you know, physically he held his own and, you know, I was very pleased to see, uh, what was he, what he was able to bring. And I know he's probably not going to be on the New York Rangers roster this season and will spend time in the AHL. But if he keeps developing and just becomes that, you know, tough defenseman, man, oh man, he's either going to be a valuable trade piece or he's going to be, you know, a a solid NHL uh, defender. And, you know, I cannot wait to see what type of player he develops into. Uh, Other than that, uh, Keandre Miller getting a little bit more uh, power play time, I saw, uh, which was nice to see. Uh, But other than that, Andy, I, I got, I got, I mean, I mean, Panarin is just so damn good. And that was just, you finally, when he made that pass across the ice, first off, there's not many players in the NHL that, number one, have the balls or the ability to make a backhand pass across the zone, and not only across the zone, but tape to tape across the zone for a wide-open shot, basically for a layup to put it into the net for Potato. I mean, it, that pass was unbelievable. And just watching that, uh, I'm glad Panarin is picking up right where he left off with the New York Rangers last year. And, you know, hopefully he's fighting for an MVP because certainly he's been one of the more special players I've ever seen put on a New York Rangers jersey. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's uh, he's got skill that not many players in this league have. And, you know, even he's closer to 30. uh than you might think, but at the same time, he's still so fleet of foot and just it's, he doesn't really get hit and it's just, his game is yes. He's got good speed and physical gifts, but it's just his brain. It's his brain and his puck skills are what sets him apart. And he just doesn't, yeah, he's just plays such a smart game and he's just so good with, he just, it's weird. It's like, he's, it's like, it doesn't seem like he's, uh, he's a guy who uses a lot of, misdirection but he does at the same time he just he does things inherently that he just when he picks up the puck he's like he just knows i'm gonna like try to turn on a dime and go the other way and then just in one motion do something and that's just vision you know that's something i think they even asked him about they're like uh you know did you know he was there and he's like i always you know through a translator he's like ah no, nah, he's like, I never do something without seeing it. And he's like, well, did you hear him calling for it? And he's like, no, nah, I'm deaf. It's deaf. So he's just making a joke. But um, but yeah, he's got clearly his amazing vision. And yeah, Strom and him, still, they still have that chemistry and they were doing their thing a little bit. They just know kind of how to inherently find each other. They're, they're just on a similar wavelength. And, you know, much has been, he's been a much maligned player, Strom. But uh, may, I behind closed doors, I think, you know, Panarin has had his best season ever with Strom. He probably doesn't want, he likes playing with them clearly because they, they, they're never separated except for when he's stacked. They're trying to stack Mika late in games, you know? So, um, yeah, so he probably, he wants to continue playing with him. And like I said, I'm just happy that Kako can play his own game with Strom and uh, Panarin now because he seems that confident. But yeah, I think that's becomes the challenge is that I, you know, or something I'm thinking about is that if uh, Kreider continues to not look good and Lafreniere switching them over to their offside at a certain point, do you do you p- cut the cord or you know, or pull the ripcord, I should say, and then maybe move one of him or Lafreniere down and then uh, put Kako up there because Strom and Panarin might will continue to have chemistry no matter what, and 
yeah, so it's just interesting to think about if, if Kako just looks like he keeps becoming a force, especially because it's like Panarin and Strom seem to have the puck all the time. So that maybe that, that top line could use Kako's uh, natural natural penchant for, you know, possessing the puck because Lafreniere is, is good and, you know, he's clearly getting there and getting better, but I don't, I, he might not at this point in time be where Kako is. So, it, but again, these are, these are questions. We don't, that we might have the answers when we see that the season play out or the, even hell, even the rest of the preseason. But yeah, this just kind of where my brain's at early on as you're analyzing. Uh, and I'm sure this coaching staff is who looks good here. These are, these are what we think might players might look like but now we're seeing the reality and then uh yeah they're gonna have to make decisions based on that but yeah tale of two games still can't read into it too much as the preseason but uh man it's fun to speculate like this again right oh absolutely and and you know i feel like this season especially going into it with the so many different combinations that you can kind of make up in your head especially the bottom six it's certainly really exciting i mean it I, I, I'm just so excited, honestly, that hockey is back. And, you know, we have games Friday and Saturday night against the Devils and then, then Boston again on Saturday. And then, you know, after this weekend, you know, it's it's just one of those, uh, you know, we're in the month of October, which is the start of the season on October 13th. So, you know, Andy, it's it's creeping along. It's it's almost real. You know, I know this is, you know, expedition. Um, and, uh, you know, these games don't really count for much but you know we're, we're approaching the regular season and you know everything just seems to be falling into place as smooth as possible and uh i i do want to end though the podcast with one thing and i've been saving this tor- towards the end did you see the jack johnson goal that howden tipped in i did which is I, you know obviously again it's a preseason but it just it's it's humorous considering uh the reputations that both those players have had in this league. So, but, uh, you know, Hey, listen, good for them. You know, I want, well, I Howden don't was on the other team, I think. Right. Wait, what? Howden's on Vegas and Jack Johnson, I think is on like Colorado or something. Oh, wait and, a minute. Oh yeah. I, I didn't know where Jack Johnson was. I thought Jack Johnson was on a PTO with Vegas. Jack Johnson's on a Pete was on a, is, on a PTO in Colorado. Yeah. And you, takes, you're telling me, you're telling me he took a shot. Jack Johnson took a shot on goal as a member of the avalanche and, as, and, and, uh, <laughs> and as a member of the Vegas Knights, Howden, Fred Howden accidentally it directly into, it into his own net. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I love that. That's so, Oh, that's so much better. Again, I saw the clip and I just thought I was like, Oh wow. And I thought everyone was getting all, cause I didn't like, I was just working. So I just saw, it early this morning and i just figured it's like oh look at former rangers hooking up for a goal i didn't realize that oh my god that's funny yeah it's just like amazing how these things like find each other it's like one year later or one season later i should say not even a year um just hilarious i i was i was like oh my god just shit good luck good luck vegas good and luck, good Brett. luck colorado i think it was colorado they had white jerseys on i couldn't even yeah really that's, tell. that's probably it yeah um you, you got anything else andy uh, no, not really. Uh, again, only two preseason games, but uh, it's been fun every day to kind of piece together what we think the final lineup will look like. Because again, it sounds like, and the way they're operating, that they have they have a preconceived notion of what they want in their heads or how what they think it's going to be. But 
we say this and who's to say, you know, even with the early projections of, of those lines of it being like, you know, Kreider, Mika and Lafreniere, and then uh, Panarin, Strom, Kako, Goudreau, Hedl, Kravtsov, and then the fourth line of, of Rooney with uh, Reeves and Sammy Blay. Who's to say that at some point it becomes hell, like maybe halfway through the year, you could have Lafreniere and Kako with Mika on the first line, Panarin, Strom and Kravtsov on the second line, Kreider's on the third line with Goudreau or hell, Sammy Blair, whatever. Or, hey, listen, it wouldn't pass me considering what type of coach Galan is. Maybe you'll see a Goudreau or a Blay play in the top six just to add an element to one of those lines. So, again, uh, so much speculation. And who knows what more you know experiments we'll see. Everyone had a, a chance to kill penalties. Lafreniere killed penalties the first game. Kako crafts off so he wants to see what the young guy he wants all of his players to be good defensive players he said and i love that because these are kids are going to have to be confident you know they're not just there to score goals you're just there to play hockey and play winning hockey so um i think they'll all bend i think you know the irony being they will probably score more by being better defensive players and being more engaged on a shift to shift basis and playing off the puck with more urgency so uh, but yeah, excited to see how the rest of the preseason shapes out. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, I just it's it's just so much uh, it's so much fun. Whether they win or lose or look like horrible, it's just yeah. At least it's a little it's another piece of the puzzle. So yeah, excited to see what happens. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting the real season going. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>